0: Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. Before we moved into the warehouse and expanded to multiple campus locations, Rolling Hills met in a movie theater. And now we're visiting the movies once again in our series, At the Movies. Whether it be a hero's journey, a villain's downfall, or a fairy tale ending, everyone loves a movie with a good story. But every good story borrows from God's story. In this series, we're looking at five different movies to see how we can find faith stories in film. Now let's tune in.
1: This is special, and uh, it looks a little bit different than I'm used to up here. Um, this is not uh, what I'm normally accustomed to, and so I'm grateful that you are here. And uh, honestly, uh, there's just so much to be excited about today, and there's so much to praise, and there's so much to be incredibly grateful for. And um, so I just came prepared today. Um, um, With that, so I'm just going to leave that box of Kleenexes right there if that's okay with you guys, just in case I I need those at various points throughout this message. But I, like you, am probably feeling a lot of emotions, and they they, they go from gratitude to humility, thankfulness to uh, overwhelmed to excited to above all, though, let's go, let's go, and let's be on mission and be who it is that God has called us. To be, because God is at work, and we have prayed many times today, and we're going to pray again, and we're going to pray a lot today. So I hope that you're okay with that because it is through prayer that the hand of God moves. And it's only through prayer that this has been possible. And so this morning, we are going to take many times, many chances to stop and to reflect upon how good He is and to ask God to continue to give us wisdom beyond measure. I want to thank him for what he has done. And again, I don't want to go any further today without just simply acknowledging this is all God. All God. The things that are happening in your life are all God. The moments that we're celebrating right now, the things that we're so thrilled about individually and corporately, they are God. It's God's story. It's God, the one who is doing the work. And we get to be along for this incredible journey. And so let's stop and thank him and just ask him to continue to do what only he can do in this place. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for just each and every person who's here. God, we just give this day to you. And I pray that in all things today, God, that you would be honored and that you would be glorified, that you would stretch us and shape us and give us a vision for what it is that you want to do, God, as we seek to be faithful to you. I thank you for this day, and I'm grateful again for each and every person who's here. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray and ask all these things. Amen and amen. So again, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here with us today. Today marks the official start of a new story, a new story here in the life of our church. And next Sunday is a new story, a new part of the chapter, if you will. And then on February 12th is a really exciting part of the chapter as we officially grand open our building and and excited for what that's going to mean for our community. But to say that this has been an interesting story is truly the understatement of the century. Because I have loved stories, and and I always love stories. I love to tell stories. I love to hear your stories. I love to watch stories. I think that's why we like movies and television and theater is because it tells a story. And at all of our campuses today, we are starting this new series called At the Movies. And what we're going to be doing in this series is spending a few weeks unpacking the power of stories and ultimately kind of looking at how every story that we love for the most part, has some deeper spiritual truth in it. There is some God truth in some of these stories that we so connect with. Now, 20 years ago, Rolling Hills Community Church started in Franklin, Tennessee. And we were meeting at a variety of places. And then we landed on what was kind of our most permanent home up to that moment in time for five years at the theater in Cool Springs. If you've ever been been to a movie in Cool Springs, we were there, Theater 15. And for over five years, we would set up and tear down every week at the movies. And that is, in fact, when I started attending Rolling Hills. And very quickly, I fell in love with the mission of Rolling Hills because it was so evident to me from day one that Rolling Hills was a church that cared about the community and that cared about people and that wanted to be invested in the lives of people, that we wanted to tell good stories and we wanted to tell the ultimate story of God's love for us through his son, Jesus Christ, the greatest story ever told. And so to pay homage to kind of where we started, we thought, let's go back to the movies, back to the movies and see what are these kind of truths that we can learn in some of these stories. So several months ago, when we were brainstorming movies that we would potentially, you know, have in this series, I got quickly outvoted because the movies that I like are not the ones that everybody else likes. In fact, one of my favorite movies of all time was the 1992 thriller uh, called Captain Ron. And, um, Three of you have seen that. And uh, so if you haven't, I would encourage you to go watch it. It's one of those movies that you can be doing a multitask and watch Captain Ron and still know what's going on, kind of like Hallmark. And so in Captain Ron, which stars Kurt Russell and Martin Short, uh, Martin Short has inherited this boat. And so he has to go to the Caribbean to have the boat sail back to the United States. And so he hires this local captain who is Kurt Russell named Captain Ron. And what you need to know about Captain Ron is he's a little bit of an aloof character. And they get there, and Martin Short begins to realize, he and his wife, what have we gotten ourselves into? This boat is going to sink on the ocean back. And so the boat is in a dilapidated state, and so Captain Ron just unhooks it from the dock, and they start out. And Martin Short and his wife say, is this boat safe? Can we really trust this boat out on the water? And Captain Ron says what I think is one of the best quotes of all time in a movie. Well, the best way to find out is to get her out on the ocean, because if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen out there. Welcome to the soft opening of Rolling Hills Community Church, (laughs) Nolensville. That's why I thought it would be a fitting movie, because if anything's going to happen, it's not going to happen while you're dry docked. It's not going to happen when you're planning. It's not going to happen when you have blueprints posted. It's going to happen when you take a step of faith. That principle is so true, and it's so fitting for our lives individually. Because, see, you can live your life attached to the dock, or you can cut loose and say, God, what is it that you want to do? and through my life. You can stay in your house all the time and not meet anyone and never have anything asked of you, or you can walk across the street and meet your neighbors and realize when I do that, I'm opening myself up to the needs that they may have. You can open-handedly say, God, I'm 100% on board for what it is that you want to do in my life, or I have reservations. And so today today we're going to look at what it truly means to be a person that does not have reservations, a person who says, whatever it takes, I will do what it is that God has called me to do. I'm not going to stay on dry land. I'm not going to take the safe route. I'm not going to look for the path of least resistance, but rather, I'm going to do what it is that God wants me to do, to be faithful to my call and to be the church here in our community. So instead of Captain Ron, we pick something a little bit more well-known, Um, which just happens to be the second highest grossing movie of all time in the world. So take a look at this, a little clip from Avengers Endgame. See, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Did you catch that? Whatever it takes. In this epic battle scene or the epic battle scenes of good versus evil, whatever it takes. In the face of fear, whatever it takes in the face of death, whatever it takes, but not just the fear of death, but the willingness to actually die, a willingness to be the sacrifice for the sake of others, whatever it takes. We love these stories, don't we? We love these stories because in these movies, in these, these sites, these epic heroic movies, we catch the vision of whatever it takes, but when we bring it back to real life, the significance. And the importance of doing whatever it takes is not lost on us today as well. It's presented to us each and every day because, see, this isn't just an Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow theme. We don't have maybe the scary enemy like they had, but we have an enemy. We may not have superpowers, but we have power. And the enemy looks different to us today, but the enemy is out to destroy us. And the enemy is out to destroy you and to destroy our community. And I have to make a determination today, in this moment, in this place, to say, am I just going to play games or am I going to suit up for battle? And say, whatever it takes for the sake of the gospel. Now, I recognize some people today at the top of our service who have said yes. And they said, whatever it takes, I am in. And I want to be a part of what it is that God is doing. And my hope and my prayer is that we would all today say, whatever it takes, I want to be available for what it is that God would have to do in my life. Now, if you have a Bible or access to a Bible app, I would encourage you to turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16 is where we're going to spend our time together today. And we're going to look at a story of Jesus and maybe this comes as a surprise to you, but do you know when Jesus wanted to really help the people understand, the people who was listening to him, when he wanted to help them understand the truth, do you know what he did? He told them a story. It's why we love stories. He would talk in parables, and he would teach them parables that would, that would illuminate this beautiful biblical truth. And in Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16, we see a parable that has, at first read, maybe a a confusing moment. Uh, What is this really all about? But in this parable, we see something that's so significant about what it is that God's wanting to teach us about his plan and his purpose and the plans that we have. So I encourage you to follow along with me. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. You're going to see these words up here on the screen as well. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning. Somebody's playing it for me here this morning. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. And he agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. And about nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And he told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went and he went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon. And he did the same thing. And about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. And the workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those who came were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who has hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Jesus says there's a kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of heaven is referred to as a landowner who is looking for workers for his vineyard. Now that phrase kingdom of heaven might be a new phrase for you today. It may be something you've never heard before. What does kingdom of heaven mean? Kingdom of heaven is ultimately big picture, God's plan for the world. God being in control of everything, his plans, his purposes, God sending Jesus as the perfect sacrifice for us. The kingdom of heaven is God's plan for all of humanity. And big picture, if you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this, and you'll see it up here on the screen. Because of Christ, everyone can be made whole and walk in the newness of life because of Jesus Christ, everyone can be made whole and walk in the newness of life. And what he says is the kingdom of heaven, then is God's plan to make you right, to forgive you for your sin. And this only happens through Jesus Christ, meaning Jesus died for you and Jesus died for me and he forgives me and he forgives you. We can't do this ourselves. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. We can never be good enough to earn this in our own right. So that kingdom of heaven is about salvation and the peace and the joy and the life that comes in knowing Christ and Christ alone. And ultimately, Jesus is the king of the kingdom. And he then compares that the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. In the parable, a landowner who's out looking for day laborers and he goes out early in the morning because there's work to be done. And he goes and he finds people and he comes back a couple hours later. We're told at 7 a.m. or 9 a.m. he comes back and he's looking for more workers, and he goes back. And then around noon, he goes back because he needs more workers, and he picks up some more people and brings them back to the vineyard. Evidently, the vineyard is clearly producing because 3 p.m., they still need more workers. And he goes back at 3 p.m. to find more people. And then they need more workers, and he goes back at 5 p.m., and he asks the people there at 5 p.m., why are you not working? And they said, no one has hired us yet. And he says, well, hop on the chariot. Let's go. And he takes them back to the vineyard. And so a couple hours later, five times, five times, people have been gone and and sought out to work in the vineyard. But at the end of the day, what's coming at the end of the day is what we all like at the end of a work day, pay. Pay Payday is here. And so the vineyard owner lines them up starting with the 5 p.m. crew all the way down to the 6 a.m. crew. And the 5 p.m. crew, he says, thank you for working today. Here's a denarius for your pay which in modern day is most biblical scholars believe about $50. It's like a day's wage, if you will. So thank you for working. And then he goes to the 3 o'clock workers and he says, thank you for working, here's your denarius. And then he goes to the noon workers, thank you for working, here's your denarius. Uh Uh-oh. What are the 7 a.m. and the 9 a.m. people doing? They're realizing everybody gets the same amount of pay. And so they call their union reps and they're like, something is unfair. This is not fair. Everybody is getting the same amount of money. It is not fair. We have been out here toiling all day in the heat, and these folks have only been here for a couple hours, and they're getting the same amount of money as we are getting. It's kind of like when you are in a project, and some of you are you're those people that you do all the work in the group project, and then the boss recognizes everybody for doing the work, and you have to really fight to not grab the microphone and be like... I'm so glad you recognized everybody, but Carol didn't do anything. Eric didn't do anything. Austin didn't do anything. I did it all. And that's what this 7 a.m. and this 9 a.m. crew is thinking. This is unfair. To which Jesus replied to their grumbling in verses 13 through 15, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? (laughs) Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who was hired the last, the same as I gave to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? See, what does this parable show us about the kingdom of heaven? What this parable shows us about the kingdom of heaven is that Jesus yearns for everyone to come to knowledge of faith in Christ. God sent Jesus for everyone. And this was written to a first century context where Jewish people did not have an understanding that Jesus was the Messiah, and they certainly didn't understand that Jesus being the Messiah meant that Gentiles would come to faith in God as well. And so Jesus is using this moment to help them realize, I am here for everyone. It doesn't matter if you were raised in church for 50 years. It doesn't matter if you made a profession of faith and to follow Christ five months ago. You are the same in my eyes someone that God sent to die for their sins. That's a cool story. This is a powerful moment. And this parable parable serves as a great reminder that Jesus is setting a really huge table. Jesus is setting a very large table and he wants everyone at the table. And the seating arrangement of the table is not defined by who's better or whose background is more educated than the other. And in fact, Jesus says that the order of the table is the last will truly be first meaning he is truly for each and every one of us. And if we are a follower of Jesus Christ, this is where we have to step up to work because if we're a follower of Jesus Christ, we actually have a responsibility to step up and say, in the authority of God, I can now go and invest in the lives of other people and proclaim that good news to them. I need to go into this world to let people know that there is evil in this world, but you don't have to stay captive to that anymore. There is pain in this world, but Jesus rescues us from that pain. You can find peace in Christ alone. There is an end, and that end is coming. And it is our responsibility as followers of Jesus Christ to share hope to people who are hurting, to share hope to people that are in a kind of downward spiral of sin, if you will. And that's why we exist as the church. That's precisely why we exist as the church, so that we can equip one another and empower one another to go be on mission to proclaim this good news that Jesus is for everyone. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your educational status. It doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. It doesn't matter if you were raised in church or not raised in church. Jesus has a plan for you. And as Captain America said, this is the fight of our lives, and we are going to win. This is the fight of our lives, my friends, and we are going to win. How can we say that? We can say that because Jesus is victorious over the enemy. That's why we can say that this is a winning game. Jesus is victorious over the enemy. We are setting seats at the table for people who are walking in sin. And we're inviting them into this relationship with Jesus Christ. See, the best is truly yet to come. And as we set our sights on the plans that God has for us, I want to put a few challenges in front of us today. In fact, there's three challenges that I want us to kind of grapple through for a few minutes because as the family of God, my hope and my prayer is that today we would understand these challenges and that we would say yes to these challenges because as the church, which again is not a building, but as the church, we have to be on mission and we have to take this good news into a world that is broken and that is hurting. So first and foremost, I hope that we'll commit ourselves to this challenge. The first one is this, and it's all on the screen. You can make notes if you'd like to. Whatever it takes, I will be faithful to the call of God in my life. Whatever it takes, I will be faithful to the call of God in my life. Hebrews 12one through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, if you're the guy who's been working all day and you get the same pay as the latecomer, you're probably going to be mad. And you might be losing heart. And Jesus says, it's not about that. It's rather about, do you believe and do you desire and are you motivated to see everybody come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everybody to receive that inheritance. Everybody to understand what it is that God has done for them through Jesus. And so here at Rolling Hills, it's very important for us to realize that life's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God working through us. We're celebrating a lot today. We're celebrating the past, but we don't live in the past. We're celebrating community today, and we're celebrating what God has done but we're also not turning inward. Rather, we're saying, I want to run with perseverance the race that is in front of us. I want to keep my eyes on Jesus who makes all things perfect and who makes all things good. Secondly, one of the challenges that I hope that we'll embrace this morning is that whatever it takes, I will be willing to step into the mess, the mire, and the chaos. Whatever it takes, I will be willing to step into the mess and the mire and the chaos. Galatians 6, 9 reminds us, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, I hope this doesn't come as a shock to any of you guys, but did you know that you're messy? And I hope this doesn't come as a shock to you, but did you know that I'm messy? And I hope this doesn't come as a shock to you, but did you know the person sitting next to you is messy? If it's your significant other, do not elbow them at this moment in time and say, see, he told you. Listen to what the pastor said today. I've been preaching it for years. You're We're all messy, aren't we? And I have to be willing to say, you know what, I'm going to step into the mess and the mire and the chaos. Or do I stand in the wings and hope that God raises somebody else up to do that? There's undoubtedly people in your life right now that are going through a hard time. You have an opportunity this morning. Will you step up and say, I want to be there? I want to be the church. I want to be a follower of Christ to that person. Or will you be the one who says, you know what, I hope and pray that God places it on the heart of someone else in this room today to step into the mire and the mess. The mess, the mire, the chaos, can we just all be honest this morning? They also never come at convenient times. Have you noticed that? People's lives always fall apart, not during working hours. Um, Your neighbors always need you, not at the time that's convenient to you, but at the most inconvenient time. And it's this moment to say, am I going to grow weary of doing good? Or am I going to proclaim the name of Jesus? Whatever it takes. And lastly, whatever it takes, I will seek to be the church to our community. Whatever it takes, I will seek to be the church to our community. The Great Commission is our marching orders. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Whatever it takes, I will be a church, the church to our community back in November of 2020, November 1st, actually, of 2020, we had a a ceremonial groundbreaking here on our our site at our campus. And so I have some pictures of that because many of you were here for that. And at this point uh, in the history of our church, we had some plans ready to go, but we had lots of things that were still up in the air. In fact, we gathered to pray on the grass that is under this building where we are right now. And we even had shovels and we asked you guys to fill up these little jars of dirt that say finish strong on them and we told you to hold on to these little jars of dirt and that when you would see them on your nightstand or you'd see them at your desk that you would be reminded to pray for what god would do and that god would bring these plans into fruition and so i set this on my desk and i began praying every time i would see it for the people who were not yet here and the people who would yet to be a part of this work and that would come and call Rolling Hills home, and so just out of curiosity, if you had never been to Rolling Hills, if you never had any connection with Rolling Hills Community Church before we moved onto this site, meeting in the building right behind me where we met for three years, if you were new at some point in the last three years here at this piece of property for Rolling Hills Community Church, will you stand up? Now, for those of you that are first-time guests today, I don't have this many calisthenics every week, I promise. So this is not a weekly thing where he makes a stand and a set every week. But I want you to look around. And when I see these faces, what I see right now is God answering prayers. Because we prayed for God to bring people. We prayed for life change to happen. And so I'm so thankful that you're here. You can be seated. But you are a representation of God at work. And if we're only about ourselves, then we miss the opportunities that God has for us. We miss those opportunities to meet needs. We miss opportunities to bring new chairs to the table, and invite people into that life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. So next week, if you have these little jars of dirt still, I'd love for you to bring them back next week. We'll have a little table set up in the lobby. You can bring these back. Uh, We would love to celebrate that and love to, again, just take a moment to reflect upon what God has done. But whatever it takes, I will be the church to our community. I love this quotation from Tim Keller. He's the pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian in New York City, and he says, and I quote, If you and your church were to disappear off the face of the earth tomorrow, would anyone in the community around you notice you were gone? And that is a haunting question. A haunting question for us to ask ourselves as the church, if we were to just completely close our doors, would anybody in the community notice that we were gone? See, therein lies our work. Therein lies the mission. Therein lies the, the plan that God has for us. And so as you see here on the screen as we close today, we have a mission, and it takes everyone doing their part to make sure the world knows about Christ. We have a mission, and it takes everyone doing their part to make sure the world knows about Christ. Why? Because there is an end. There is an eternal destination. Jesus is coming back. And the reason he has not come back, according to scripture, just quite yet, the reason he has not come back is that there is still work for us to do, there is still people for us to reach, but the end is coming. When Jesus reigns over the enemy victoriously, Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Tony Stark said, no amount of money ever bought a second of time. The Bible says in Psalm ninety-twelve, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. See, I don't know when The end of my life is. You don't know when the end of your life is, and none of us know when the end might come. But I have to do my part right now to make sure that others know Jesus. I have to do my part right now to make sure that other people know that they don't have to be living a life of brokenness and a life of pain and a life of turmoil anymore, but there's joy and there's peace and there's hope in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And that is our responsibility as a church. And my hope and my prayer this morning is that we would say, whatever it takes, whatever it takes.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Share this episode with movie lovers, friends and family in your life. Make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.